0: This week, I I wanted to move forward with a little bit of our vision. And I want to say a couple things about what's coming next. You know, we're going to go forward as quickly as we can, but we're going to be very cautious. Uh, You know, one of the ways that we can be good stewards of God's resources uh, and manage well what, what God gives us is if we all do our part. And I, I know that there's going to be moments where we say that uh, in order for us to, to take this next step, we're, we're going to ask people to give. But this is about much more than giving. This is about giving ourselves first. And, and I'm much more concerned about giving ourselves than how much money you can give. Jesus uh, pointed to a widow woman in the temple and, and you, you in order to kind of get this in your head you have to understand that that they didn't pass a basket their offerings were really much more like the offering boxes and she went by the box and dropped some money in and the fact is people could see this happening and in the Bible story, Jesus said, this widow woman over there, she has given more than anybody else. And yet she gave the smallest currency, something worth about a half a penny. And Jesus said, she's given more than anyone because she gave of her necessity. She gave all that she had. And, and really, this process of, of spiritual health, the summer of serving, is going to be about giving ourselves and volunteering and getting involved. In fact, uh, to be good stewards... One of the things we're going to ask our church community to do is do what we can do and not pay contractors to do what we can do. This is going to be unique. I'm going to talk about that a little bit in my scripture today. So today, we're doing a, a survey, a discovery survey. We want to figure out what your gifts are, not, not just what you can do, what you're willing to do. So today, everybody received uh, a survey now. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Uh, if you didn't get one, please get one before you leave. But do not read this during my message today. Okay? The the sixth in the installment of the Mission Impossible franchise and series comes out in a few days. And you remember in the original, what uh, what the the opening was always the same, uh, Mr. Phelps. You know, should you accept this mission? And he would go on. And he said, this tape will self-destruct in five seconds. So I want you to know, we have a super high technology paper. If you start filling this out during my talk, poof, it's, it's going into smoke, okay? Just like on Mission Impossible. So please don't do it during the service. Hang around a little bit afterwards, do it. Drop it in the basket on the back table. We're going to use this back table over here about, there you go, my one o'clock. Okay, so kind of keep that in mind. We'll ask you to drop things off there in the basket. One of the reasons some of the changes, we, we are two church families under one roof. And, you know, we've talked it over. We decided that we would close down the the boxes for everybody because obviously we want to make sure that we're we're not making mistakes and taking their offering, although that's not a bad idea. I'll give you that. Uh, so today... Uh, We need you to jump in, do the survey. Uh, When Nehemiah led the children of Israel in a building project, they were rebuilding the walls for the city of Jerusalem. He said it was successful for one reason. He said because the people had a mind to work. It was a volunteer endeavor. People jumped in. And everybody did their part. Many of you have already done this, and I I thank you. During the phase of moving and selling the building, well over 100 of you came and pitched in and helped move things. God bless you for that. But we've got some work to do. This summer of serving is going to be just that. Well, last week we, we decided to cross over the Jordan. That doesn't mean we've done it yet. Uh, we are now in a phase preparing to cross over that, that I, I just call the preparation phase. And, and that's why today uh, I want to talk to you about how preparation precedes bold crossing. Now, last Sunday I talked to you about what I meant when I say a bold crossing. A bold crossing is a moment in your life when God presses on your heart to do something that takes Courage. That that is not something that is simple. That is not something that that just maybe even is logical. But we're going to talk now about how to prepare for bold crossings. And so, again, just to make sure we're we're following the story from the book of Joshua. Uh, I'm going to read you a verse that's not in your notes, but it's a reminder verse. We talked about this one other time, Joshua 1, 10 and 11. We're in chapter 1 now. We're going to go into chapter 2 in just a moment. Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel, go through the camp, tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days, you'll cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you. Again, keep in mind, this group of people that are now ready by faith to go across the Jordan River, they're facing an impossible crossing. It is going to take boldness. But Joshua said, on behalf of God, this can be done. And so today, he moves them forward, getting them closer to the promised land by giving them four essentials that will prepare them for the bold crossing they have to make. Now, the cool thing about this, because there are bold crossings that communities, countries, nations, Israel, churches need to make together. But these essential principles will apply to your personal lives because every one of us here face moments, difficult crossings, moments that require boldness and faith. And so you can transfer these to what's going on in your life right now. Number one, let me give you these four ideas. Discovery should always be the first step in preparation. In other words, before you leap, you want to look. Uh, faith, <laughs> faith is not an absence of discovery. It, it's, not a, it's not an ask that you go blindly into the future. God wants you to consider the cause. Scripture talks about that. Consider the cost before you begin something. Consider what it will take. And, and then ultimately faith comes into play. But discover, discovery should always be the first step. And that's kind of where we are right now. And if I could just maybe bring you up to speed here. Uh, last week we decided to go across. And we're in this now phase of discovery where a lot of things are in play right now. Uh, we've got a close on the building, it's still not ours. Okay, we, we, we've had to start that process. It could happen really quickly because it is a cash deal. We don't have to go through a lender or a bank. And, and the first part of this, 100%, already paid for. And we have money left over to begin the process. But it, it's, it's going to require a lot of work. Before we can move walls and do some of the demolition, uh, we, we have to get prints from an architect. And that takes time. And then we have to pull the permit from Summit County. That takes a little time. So we're in this discovery process, doing all the things that need to be done in order to do this as it should be. And before Joshua went running into the promised land, he said, we got to check this out. We need to spend some time in discovery. And so he sent some spies out. In fact, that's our next verse. Would you look at that with me? Joshua chapter two, verse one. It's on the screen. I believe it's in your notes as well. Then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp, the Decai grove, at the grove, he instructed them, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. He basically said, this is a time of discovery. Get in there, figure it out, see what we're up against. Scout the land. Faith, again, is not the absence of planning. And so in your life, you know, we do a lot of things without really planning like we should. In fact, I dare to say a lot of the mistakes I've made in my life, if I had just thought about it a little bit, more and put a little more discovery into it, I might have saved myself some of the heartache that came as a result of a mistake I made. And, and I, say, I would say that's probably true in your life. We all know this, this saying, uh, what comes next? Okay, three words, ready, aim, fire. That's pretty good, most of you got that. But yet a lot of us go, ready, fire, aim. We really haven't aimed at something. We're just shooting. And, and, and that's, that's one of the ways to understand that discovery means you've taken time to get ready. You've taken time to aim at something. And then you fire. It's the old look before you leap. And that's where we are now. We've done a lot of our due diligence on the property itself. But now we're moving to the next phase of getting it ready. Uh, let, let me give you a quote from your notes that I think comes into play here about bold crossings. It's not a bold crossing if you're not dreaming and planning to do the impossible. Now, planning does not negate the miracle of the impossible. In other words, the first spies 40 years earlier, you remember the story under Moses? They would got out of Egypt. Moses said, we're going to the promised land. Sent the the spies out, 12 of them at that time. And the majority of them, 10 came back and said, can't do it. We've done our discovery. Can't be done. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb. Joshua's leading the people now. Caleb comes into play. I'm going to talk about him in a few weeks. But these guys said, God said we can do it. We know it. It looks impossible. And so planning does not give you an excuse for saying, too tough, forget it. And that's why I wanted to give you that statement. It's not a bold crossing. If you're not dreaming and planning to do the impossible, God wants us to trust him to do the impossible in our life. Uh, There is, to me, a moment in a person's life when they face a... uh, a raging river and a crossing something that logically you look at it and you think, I can't, I can't pull this off. It may be your marriage, maybe a fractured relationship. Maybe you're looking at your financial future, you've lost a job. Maybe you're, you're looking at, you know, your health and there's something in front of you you just can't imagine because the Jordan, you couldn't get across it without some help. You needed something to happen. You either needed to build a boat, build a bridge, or a miracle needed to happen, which is what happened with Joshua. God stopped the water. They walked across on dry land. And so in, in our first insight here, this essential, this willingness to discover gives us so much to understand about our own personal lives, the, 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 the raging rivers that that we look at and go, it can't be done. We have the encouragement of knowing that with God, the impossible is possible. And so if you're facing and living and experiencing the hurt and and just the sadness of a a fractured relationship, never give up. Our our culture has made it so easy to give up. And I want to encourage you to trust God and do the work and get the help And ask God to help you do what you can't imagine can even be done. Bold crossings in your life. There are people, there's people here struggling with addictions. And you come to church and I'm glad you're here. Don't get me wrong. We're not here to kick you. You're you're discouraged enough as it is. But you've got into certain behaviors and and habits and practices. And and if, if that's not you and I'm not talking about you, you certainly know people who can't get over the Jordan River, the raging waters of addiction. And and you need a bold crossing. You need help. You need to realize that God will do for us what we cannot do for ourselves if we'll just let him. And this is true with pride and ego and anger. All of those raging rivers that, that cause a barrier, that keep us away from our promised land. You may be struggling even day to day in the issue of your happiness and your joy. Maybe past hurts. Maybe you've been running around in the wilderness for 40 years like the children of Israel and God says, the promised land is there, but there's this Jordan River thing. And to cross over, to go from sadness and despondency and discouragement, you need to be willing to let God stop the water. So you can go to the other side, which is filled with joy in your relationship with Christ. You see, this Jordan River crossing thing, it comes into play in so many issues in our life. And my hope and prayer is that you will spend the time, number one, first essential, get into this idea of discovering and understanding what's happening. Some one of the first steps in addiction. You say, hey, my name, I have a problem with this. I'm an addict. And I'm being honest. You've discovered the truth. You you never move into a bold crossing without starting out with the truth. That brings us to number two. Number two, bold crossings require unconventional methods. Let's look at the next verse. Jump right into that with me if you would. Unconventional methods. So the two men... Joshua said, get over there, do some discovery. They set out and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there that night. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1, for second part of that verse. Uh, here's my observation. Let's go right to it. In your notes, when you're willing to set aside your plan for God's plan, you're ready for a bold crossing in your life. Now, what do I mean by that? God used something that really no one would have thought of on their own. I mean, you got to admit it. Can we we agree on this one thing? When the two spies built their little raft and made their way across the river, doing as Joshua commanded them to go spy out the land, and and they they began to realize and feel the pressure of the foreign army, especially the city-state, of Jericho. And they realized that their lives were in peril. They were, their lives were at great risk. And they began to look for a place to hide. And of all places, talk about an unconventional moment, God says, I, I'm going to hide you in this prostitute's home. Her name is Rahab. I got to admit, when they got up that morning, they probably didn't think we're going to be hanging out with a prostitute tonight. I'm just taking a real risk on this. I'm thinking that was not their plan. But God orchestrated this. And and there's so many lessons here, you guys. This is such a cool, interesting moment in Bible history. Because there's so much at play here. You may not even realize this. But Rahab had lived her life as a prostitute. Her her business in, in, in this brothel was certainly something God had said not a good idea. And yet God would choose to use her, an unconventional way, to provide a place of safety for the two spies. Again, not a plan I would have thought of. And, and these, these guys spent the evening hiding out there, and God provided a way. Now, let me tell you one more thing about Rahab, because this all fits. We see, we see things from our limited perspective. But God has had a plan all along. Rahab is a great example of someone who God will redeem, who will save, and who he will change. Because Rahab made a choice to join the other side, to become a part of God's working. And when she made that choice, she became forgiven, and it's great testimony. No one is outside of God's redemption. doesn't matter what you've done. If you're here today, if you've messed up, God loves you, he will forgive you. That's good news. It's good news for all of us. I've needed that in my life. But here's the cool part. From the grand scheme of things, from God's perspective, looking down from heaven, you may not realize this, but if you go to Matthew chapter one, you can read this a little bit later. You see an amazing thing in the genealogy of Jesus Christ because Rahab went from there and married one of the leaders of the tribe of Judah. The tribe of Judah is the tribe from which Jesus Christ, our Messiah, was born. And she would bear children and take up her place in community as a follower of God. And ultimately, one day, through her, a former prostitute. We now have Jesus Christ, our Messiah. That's pretty cool. Unconventional. And all of us want to sometimes, I think, figure things out before, you know, we get too far into the venture. But please know this. If God has ordered you to experience a bold crossing in your life, you don't have to figure it all out. Discover, do everything you can to, to figure it out. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you want to know that God is the one who's going to work the miracle. And so we've got to set aside, really, we've got to set aside our own logic, our own understanding of of what it means to, to have a bold crossing. We've got to stop saying we've never done it that way before. So church in the future, be ready for some bold crossing. We're going to do some things that maybe are unconventional. But this this is not something that I want to be explained or be able to explain by saying we did it on our own. I want to be able to say God parted the water and we walked across on dry land. Number three, let me give you two more thoughts and we'll wrap this up. We should expect opposition. To every bold crossing God commands. When God asks you to do something, don't be silly and foolish and think that just because you're doing what God wants you to do, there isn't going to be some kind of challenge to it. Let's go right to the scripture. Joshua chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. But someone told the king of Jericho, some Israelites have come here. Okay, they are come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab. Bring out the men who have come into your house for they have come here to spy out the whole land. This is a threat. It is a threat to the life of the two spies. And, and, you know, I don't have a whole lot of time to to go into this because soon, soon we're gonna see this idea of what God does and I wanna explain it to you just a little bit. But there's this exciting moment here that you cannot miss because God will as he promised, give you virtual victory over the opposition that he orders as a bold crossing. And so the next lesson, here it is, it's in your notes. Spiritually aware individuals see the spiritual warfare in a bold crossing. In other words, you're not going to sit around naively and think just because you try and follow God, everything's suddenly going to be smooth sailing. Anybody here who's born again, If somebody told you from the beginning that now that you're Christian, you're not going to have any more problems, you probably want to go back, find them, and slap them in the face, okay? Because it's not true. It's just not true. That brings us to number four. We should expect protection from the unexpected sources. I'm going to go back to Rahab, okay? Okay? God's word. Let's jump into verses four and five. We should expect protection from unexpected sources. Joshua chapter two, four and five. Rahab had hidden the two men. She replied, now the king's guards are there at her door at the brothel saying, hey, we heard that some spies have come into your place of business. Here's what she said, yes. The men were here earlier, but I didn't know where they were from. They left the town at dusk. And as the gates were about to close, so they left. They're gone. I don't know where they went. If you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. So Rahab tells a lie. And, and I, I know some of you are going to go home and spend the afternoon. Oh, wait, a minute. How could God bless someone who tells a lie? There, there's a, a really important uh, value that God has when it comes to our national security and our own right to survive. I'm not here telling you, I'm big time on telling the truth. But in, throughout Christian history, there's been an idea called just war. The Bible says clearly, don't murder someone. I don't know if you've ever paid close attention to Ten Commandments. You're not supposed to murder someone. But killing someone as an act of just war is acceptable. Her line came under this umbrella of combat. And so don't get too sidetracked with that and worry about that too much. But she made up her mind. She picked and chose her side. And she joined God's army. And she found herself at conflict with those who were not followers of God. And so this is amazing how God is using a prostitute to make a way for the children of Israel to make their way into the Holy Land. Who saw that coming? So Rahab didn't remain a prostitute. I've already told you about that. She became an important part of the lineage, the genealogy of Jesus. And so what I hope you'll be willing to do today is realize that God has a plan for your life. There's things about it you can't understand. And when you get into it, you're gonna marvel at the different unexpected things he does, but he will provide your need. He will provide our church communities need. I got one last quote for you in your notes. There's no safer place to be than in the process of a bold crossing that has been ordered by God. I gotta admit, it's a little scary sometimes to think about the bold crossings of our life, things in front of us, things God asks us to do. I remember when Kathy and I felt really burdened to begin a ministry in leading a church. I was just 24 years old and and there's a church, I, I still can't figure it out why, but they had asked me to come be their pastor. And, and Kathy and I just said, okay, God, we, we'll do it. We can't figure out how or why. Uh, we, we were still trying to figure things out ourselves. Uh, We've been married four years. But I look back at that bold moment when we said by faith, we will cross over and by faith, do what we believe God wants us to do. And for 40 years, we've had the blessed privilege of trusting God and again and again and again for bold crossing after bold crossing. And we're facing another one right now. But I'm here to tell you there's no safer place to be than in the process of a bold crossing. Especially, essentially, when that crossing has been ordered by God. So in your personal life, what is God leading you to do? I know there's some things he wants you to do. He wants you to get there to that promised land. He wants you to overcome your addictions. He wants you to overcome the things that are dragging you down. He wants you to have healthy relationships. It's going to take a bold crossing. It's going to require an acknowledgement of failure and seeking help. That's boldness. But with God's help, he'll make the land in that raging river, he'll make it dry. He'll hold up the water because this room is filled with people today who've been willing to say, I'm going to trust God. The safest place to be on this planet is right where God wants me to be. If you're looking around, you see the waters raging and, and you've experienced some real hurt in your life, it's time for that bold crossing. Ask God. Ask God to prepare a way for you. Let's bow for prayer, but let's stand first. Would you stand with me right now? I don't know what the raging rivers are right now you're facing. I, I really don't. I don't know what they are. I do know this. Whatever it is you're facing, you need, to give, you need to give it to God. Acknowledge it as sin and ask Him to give you the boldness and courage to get the help to cross over to the freedom that's possible in Christ. Maybe you're here today and you've never been born again. You do not know Jesus in a personal way. Let me just tell you this. Jesus died on the cross for you. He will give you the ability to cross over from a life of selfishness, a life of personal ego and pride, and he will let you cross over and become like Jesus. You can do that. You can become a follower of Jesus Christ. But you've got to be willing to humble yourself before him and confess your sin and ask him to save you. If you've never done that, today would be an awesome moment to do that. While we sing, heads are bowed, no one's looking around, I I hope, I pray, you'll cry out and ask Jesus to save you today. There is, I believe, a place where every one of us belong We belong in this place. It's on the other side of the river, but you got to cross over to get there. And that place is in a relationship with Jesus that's real and authentic and growing. And so I hope you will embrace that today. Those of you that are followers of Christ, that you'll go into this moment of worship and singing and, and just be willing to make the bold crossings in your life. That God has for you. Father, in Jesus' name, speak to our hearts. Help us to see today above all else that you have a plan and purpose for our life. Help us to be bold, to have courage to cross over, not just to accept the hurts and the pains and the addictions and the things that have tore us down. Lord, help us to realize you have something better. Help us to have the courage for bold crossings. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope your heart was inspired. For more information or directions, visit us at abt316.com.